All right, we're back with another episode of The Off Point with CJ and Ace. I'm Ace. I'm CJ. All right, man, another week down in the books. Uh, let's see, Ohio State, uh, we played Nebraska over the weekend. Um, not a fancy game. Um, so, about this game, man, I've had so many different thoughts about it. Um know how did Ohio State look um are they are they playing better are they playing worse um I would say since since Penn State I kind of feel like they look the same like I I don't a little bit yeah you know it's like they're not they're not playing horrible but uh, at the same time I don't I don't see like a team getting better I kind of, I kind of feel feel like they. Well, the defense, and, and I'm I'm gonna I'll go over some statistics too, um. Just to kind of put things in, in into perspective, so it's like while I don't think that they're playing horrible. And I and I don't know if we just have like such a high expectation. Uh, of Ohio State. Um, I mean, they were favored. I think it was like 15 points. I think they were favored by. Yep. We won by nine. I mean, that's not that's not that bad. And 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 I think that a lot of people will think that. Um, I've heard some predictions. Michigan State and that team up north only won by three. Yeah. Oklahoma only won by six. Right, yeah. So I mean, and that's the thing. That, I mean, and it was kinda, tight against Purdue too. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, here's the takeaway with Nebraska. So Nebraska's three and seven, but that's not. That's not what the. <laughs> I know. I know they say you are what your record says you are, which which no. which can be which which is nope. kind of true, but it's because it it is in the fact that like for Nebraska's uh, instance. There, there's something that they're doing that they're not able to get over the hump. But at the same time, it's not like they're this crappy team that you're going to roll over. You're not. We're not. You're not going to do to Nebraska what Ohio State has done to Rutgers or Maryland or Akron. So yep. we're. You know, they are better than that. They are better than that. I mean, when when Nebraska wins, they either blow you out or they lose by a very small margin. Yep. So they are that's, that's a, they are a good team. And but I but at the same time you just you you know these guys you, are you willing talent. Yeah. You know the talent on Ohio State. So you really do feel like okay, we should win by 15 or more. Um yeah, but they these Cornhuskers, they're willing to fight for Scott Frost. Yeah. Yeah, and that they do. And they did a good job. So okay, if you saw the game, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't let me just explain a few things. Um, offensively, and we, we saw this in the Penn State game, that Ohio State struggling in the red zone again, um, which is a problem. Uh, now, last week, and here's where we start throwing out some stats. Um, they were even on passing and running. Thirty-four. They had thirty-four pass plays, thirty-four um, run plays. I believe. Um, 
so they were pretty they were pretty even this week there was 30 30 runs and like 54 pass plays yep not as balanced this week uh, now against Penn State they had some trouble getting the run game going wasn't until you know a little later in the second half where things really started getting going, but they never really got it going. I mean, there was only ninety yards of yeah. rushing offense. That's it. That's it. Which to me is is mind-boggling when you have the list of backs that we have. So my question is. I mean, I understand, like, if the run doesn't seem to be working that well, but I really don't feel at the same time that we're really pushing some of the – to get this run game going. I know we have the offensive line to get that run game going. Yeah. To get things open up. And it's just a matter of push, push, push. Um, I mean, when you got somebody as good as Travion Henderson right there, I mean, that guy's going to do some things, and it's just a matter of time when you start breaking things open and really get it going. And then, then – and then third, that's really going to help the the offense, um, or the help. It's going to help the passing. So I, I, for me, I found that kind of disappointing. Um, but here, so I mean, if you look at look at these stats, I mean, C.J. Stroud, he was thirty six for fifty four. That's a lot of passing for four hundred and five yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. That's a lot of interceptions for him because he's been doing pretty good. I mean, he's gone quite a while. Up until that first interception, he went 151 passes without an interception. So, yeah. So, yeah, to me, that yeah, that, that, that was. Um, and I, thought so Penn, kinda, I thought Penn State would be the best defense we played all season. It was Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, you would think you would think so. I mean, I mean, we still obviously we're moving the ball, and Travion Henderson had 21 carries for 92 yards. Now we had you know a couple other um, couple other carries. Uh, Master Teague had a couple for about eight yards. Uh, Mine Williams had one for like four yards. So yeah, we were definitely moving that ball, but it was once we got into the red zone we had trouble. Uh, yeah, and, and there's I, there's two answers for that: either focus on it at practice, or just be like, you know what, we're not going to get it done in the red zone. So you know what? By the time we hit the thirty yard line, Stroud, throw to the end zone. Those are those are your only two options. You can either give in to the fact that you're just bad in the red zone now and just keep going from, like, the 30? Well, we can't – yeah, well, I, I don't feel like we, we should be relying on on just, like, a big gash play to get us to the end zone, you know, if you're on, like, the – I mean, even the 30 really isn't a gash play. I mean, not, not – no, not – I mean, not too much but from that's that pretty point, reasonable. but it's – right. But if you're, you know, if you're on the 50 and – and you throw a long one to oh, Smith yeah. and Jigba, yeah. and he takes it to the house, then... That's a gash. I mean, yeah. So, but when you get in, like, within 10 yards, 
and you've got to settle for a field goal, and that's an issue for for the the talent that we have. I I, I don't feel like this this should be a problem. No. So you got to open up the run. Got to get that run game going. I mean, you've got the beast to do it. And if it's the offensive line that's struggling to open up holes, then fix it. Then fix it. But yeah. So for me, I just I just think it's like such a fine line between. I mean, looking at last year, look at that Northwestern game in the Big Ten championship. Right, that was something I had. Yeah, that was something I had said. Now Saturday night, like, how did we learn I'm nothing not ta- from that Northwestern? I'm not talking game? about the the unbalanced pat past the rushing. No, I'm talking about we started off with Master Teague, and I believe it was My- Mayan Williams as our running backs in that first half. Yeah, who do we put in in the second half that came out of nowhere that season? It was Trey Sermon. Ryan Day went down the depth chart to get it done, and I think that's probably what we should be I don't, doing. I don't, well, I don't, I'm not taking from Henderson, Teague, or Williams. I'm just saying, look at the Northwestern game. Maybe it takes a different kind of back to do it. I don't think that's just a, like different situations. You put you you go to a different receiver. Your running backs are the same. I don't think it's changing the person as much as I do as changing the scheme. There can be that. To 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 get your run game going. Travion's the dude. I'm telling you. He is. He's the dude. Out of all of them, I think he's the dude. I think There's it just a reason needs he... pushed. I think that, I mean. There's a reason he's the 21 carries. That's it. He had 21 carries. But and think... he had 34 the week before. I think we could have pushed that agenda a little more. We could have. And that And that's what I'm saying. Is I think that the the run game agenda could have been pushed a little more, but I don't know. I'm not a coach. I mean, this is just this is just from my perspective. Um, just as you know, just somebody outside watching the game, and, and it's, I mean, Ryan Day's a pass guy. I mean, he is, and he shows that. And I think there was a, a couple questionable calls that I don't think we should have thrown when we should have ran. I mean, just if you're gonna, if you you know, if you just need to pick up a couple yards, I don't understand why you're throwing on like a third and three. I mean, if you are going to throw, that's a. I mean, it, it was the that's same, honestly a tight the, end. It pass. was the same thing Michigan did, you know, when they lost to Michigan State. Yep. It was a third and three. You've they ra- throw. You, you run. You you run the ball all team. season. Yeah, you run the ball all season long. Yep. You need three yards for a first down. And you try Which, to throw? I'm going to say this while I'm thinking about it. It wasn't even a short all, throw. All of these Wolverine fans are like, are saying that, that Cade, what's his last name? McNamara? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all saying he is a true Heisman candidate. Man. Why? Yeah. You've been run all season. The only reason you're good is from your running game. Why should your quarterback yeah, be a Heisman quarterback? Like, why should he be in the Heisman race? Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba, my friend, had himself quite a game. That he did. Uh, 240 yards. 
receiving. Out of Stroud's, I believe, 405 passing yards. Exactly. So, well now, over half. I said this to you the other day when you when we were watching the game. Last year, Fields would throw the ball to Smith the Jigba. I would enjoy it just like I do when they threw it to the tight ends. But like, give that guy the ball more, and you just kind of rolled your eyes at it. And now look at who basically our new number one receiver is. Yeah, well, he stepped up. I mean, I, I, I don't doubt any of the receivers. When you've got – when your receiving coach is Brian Hartline, I have all the faith in the world in anybody that comes to Ohio State in the receiving position. Yep. But during that time, I mean, your dudes was Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So it's like, why not? Why are you know? Why not target those guys? I mean, target well, anybody, hey. really target anybody. Well, hey, now it's Smith, Najigba, Olave, and Wilson. That's it. Line them up. Um, all right. So, so these are the struggles on offense. Also, we started hitting the penalty button again. What's going on there, guys? No. You know, no I mean, we, I, I when when Nebraska's playing as well as they are. Or Penn State plays as well as they did. You don't need to help them out with penalties. I really thought that that stuff would have got cleaned up. I mean, it's penalties when you it it self, did for self, the first in, half. self-inflicted penalties. It yeah, and I like I don't even know, I don't even know what to say about that other than those things need to not not happen. I mean, false starts. You know, is, is what I'm talking about. These these some of these little stupid things that um, more disciplinary infractions that the Buckeyes yeah. are having and it's 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 ridiculous i didn't like seeing it it's like come on you know quit shooting yourself in the foot i will say i will say that i believe part of something that could have messed up our o-line for that game was i believe it was dewan jones said he wasn't feeling very well before the game so yeah. at the last second they made a, a change to that lineup shifting guys around so that you know we have the best o-line possible because with the O-line, it's not just next man up. It's completely shift everything around. Because your center may be better at right tackle than your next right tackle. So shifting over to defense now. So we understand, you know, some of the struggle. I mean, Ohio State scored 26 points. This is actually, I mean, this is, you know, going to bring our average down. Yeah. Um, and it still brings it down to, like, 47 points or something per game, which is still yeah. a lot. But, I mean, for Ohio State, I mean, 26 points and, like, what, maybe 12 of those were field goals again? <laughs> Noah Ruggles. Like, like I 100%. said, like, like, you know, if we're struggling, I mean, we'll field goal you to death, I guess. Yeah. Hey, uh, all it takes is an elite defense – to hold you to zero, and all we gotta do is score three. So right, but and here's the thing. I mean, and this speaking of been, which, this could have been they had Nebraska had two two missed field goals. Had they not missed those, this would be a three point game. This would be twenty six twenty three. Well, if you want to go off of that, if all those field goals that Ohio State had were touchdowns, that would have been a blowout. That is true. That would have been a different story if we didn't have to settle for field goals and got touchdowns instead. Yes, this game would have been out of hand. So again, I mean, it always it goes back. I mean, and these these are red zone issues yep. that should not be happening. They shouldn't be. Not with an offense like Ohio State. And Ooh. and if you listen to Ryan Day, he 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 has a tendency to, to to mention to bring up with 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 his 
you know, the, these these young guys. Mm-hmm. They they're young, you know. With you know, so he. I mean, you, if you listen to him, he you know. I mean, I hate to say that them being you know such a young core is an excuse, but it is. But it kind of is. Look at it. I mean, they're they're still they're and still like, learning and growing and trying to become. Yeah. You know, an elite team. And like I said last week, it's unfortunate. Ohio State is just ahead of the curve. We are a veteran team for three, four years while everyone else is young. And then once ev- once everyone else is a veteran team, that's the year Ohio State's a young team. So on the defensive side, you might think that, you know, we did, they, they allowed, I want to say, you know, over 100 yards in just a, in just a few plays. Yeah. From Nebraska, so these were some big plays that they got on Ohio State, um, in just a few plays. So we got gashed a few times, which would give the perception that Ohio State's defense isn't doing doing its job. They they need to do it. Then they do need to do a, little, a, a better job of keeping the ball in front of them and not getting gashed by these big plays. And, and it happened a couple times. But we had five sacks. <laughs> you know, that's pretty darn good. Five sacks. Eight eight, eight tackles for loss, which I, I think is pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you take that in consideration... I mean, we had a, just look at we the pressure we were getting. Just look at the pressure we were getting on their quarterback. Yeah, we were doing good, and and now hats off to Martinez for getting that ball off anyway. Yeah, if he's if he wasn't getting the ball him. off, um, he was taken off with the ball. Yeah. So that is a really good quarterback right there. He's a good quarterback. So and hats off for Nebraska for. You know, doing their part. You know, continually doing what they've been doing all season is staying in there and just making maybe just a, a few mistakes and not being able to pull it off. Um, yeah. But this is November. I mean, the, the teams are stepping up. And just to show how crazy this is, how tough it is for everybody, when you think that you have a team that's just going to, you know, power through and and win the games that they're supposed to we have games like um michigan state and purdue spoiler makers the spoiler makers do it again knock down a top ranked team a number two undefeated team that's twice this season yeah number two undefeated well, they michigan, beat them well michigan state was number three were they? Yeah. Were they number three? Yes, they were. They were number three. Now Iowa, I think, was number two in the AP poll at the time. They would have been, I believe. So they knocked down a number two Iowa and a number three Michigan State. Um, that's a heck of a resume right there. And, and it's so weird. It's like, what is Purdue? The spoiler makers. <laughs> It's like they're not a bad team. 
And now we play them next week. Now here's the thing. I think that their defense is either could be very much like to the equivalent of Penn State. Yeah. Or not Penn State, uh, Nebraska. Yeah. I think we're going to – I mean, Nebraska had a pretty good defense. Yep. And I, and I think Purdue – and Purdue, here's the thing. Purdue offensively I think is just as good, if not a little bit better than Nebraska. They beat Nebraska. This is one of those games where I think you need to catch that team off guard because they're going in there with an expectation. They have, what, eight, nine games of film to watch? Mm-hmm. This is where – you, you catch them and do something just a little bit different. Well, the Buckeyes are about to strike hard, strike fast. Exactly. And just keep the pedal. When they think, the pedal when they think you're going to pass to Smith, to Smith, Najigba, Olave, Wilson, pass it to Harrison. That That's one of the things that you need to do. To catch to catch the spoil the spoiler makers off guard, if you don't want to lose, I'm not saying scrap your usual game plan, but you want to knock them off their feet at the beginning before they can get settled in. Well, I think a, a key thing for the defense would be to take David Bell out of out of the picture. If you can if you can contain that guy and limit what he can do. Then offensively, Purdue will they will struggle at that point. Yeah, uh, that guy's a playmaker, and he will do some things. And but they have they have got they have fast guys. I mean, I, I mean they're quick. They 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 find the fast guys. I I watched a little bit of that game, um, today on Big Ten and sixty. I didn't get to watch it all, but I watched a little bit of the Purdue and uh, Spartan game. So. Just to kind of get a feel of you know what we're gonna what we're gonna see yeah. next week. Um, so Purdue's got some. They're quick guys. Uh, their their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, I think his name is. Um, he looks pretty good, pretty accurate. So uh, the Buckeyes are gonna have the work cut out for them. Th- th- this whole stretch and Michigan Michigan State's not gonna be any different. Just because they lost to Purdue, they're gonna come out hard and play. Um, just Purdue just outplayed them. Yeah. And but here's the thing, and Michigan State struggles with the pass plays. And that's what Purdue does. And that's what Ohio State does. So Yeah. I mean um, so I I mean I was hoping that Michigan State would stand defeated but yeah. I mean well because they got Maryland Maryland next week. And it's like, man, they, you couldn't get through Purdue and and then get through Maryland, just stand defeated for two weeks. It, 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 of course not. <laughs> and this is and then I knew I had this feeling that, that, that Spartans were would beat the Wolverines when they played. Because whatever wrote and, and I knew it really didn't matter because Ohio State was gonna play either one. Yeah. So as long as one at least one of them stayed undefeated by the time we get there, but this happens so much. You wanted Penn State to stand defeated? No, we blew that. And you want yeah. Michigan to stand defeated? And you want you know like to see them stand defeated until the end of the season? No, they blew that. 
So Michigan State beat Michigan. So we're like, okay, Michigan State, stay undefeated. So, so you know, we can play you. Yeah. At your best. No, they blew that. Hard to build a resume when everybody just keeps losing before High State gets a chance to play them. Yeah, I mean, I think I said this like a couple of weeks ago. We need to play Penn State before anyone else does. Then we need to play Michigan State before anyone else does. Then we, we just need that team up north to win out because we can't help that. We can't help that part. They are the last game of the season. Right. Um, it's all fine and dandy if Penn State just blows it after they play Ohio State. It's fine if Sparty blows it after they play Ohio State. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. So you you try to build a resume, and then the the, but, the Big Ten just starts cannibalizing itself, and everybody they, starts dropping rank, and then you're then you're. Uh, the schedule just doesn't look as strong. But think about this. Think about this. Minnesota and the CFP is ranked. We played Minnesota. We beat them at the beginning of the season. We lost to a top-ranked Oregon who's currently in the top four. We played a really good Penn State team. They may have, they may have lost to Illinois, but they're still really good. They are good, and something's going on with Illinois because they beat Minnesota. Yeah. So, again, this is what I'm talking about. I'm thinking, all right, Minnesota's got something here. I think that they could, they have the ability to win, the, you know, to win the West. And then Illinois says, no, no, we're, we're going to be a good team now. Yeah. We, we've lost enough. We're going to go ahead and be a good team. We'll beat we'll beat Penn yeah. State. <laughs> Blows my mind. We'll beat Minnesota. I'm, I'm just there. Oh my, yeah. Illinois. Who knew? Yeah. Um. That's how they are at the end of the season. Gosh. Because th- they did it a couple years ago too. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so now it's like who do, you, who do you rely on the West because there is Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be Wisconsin. Who who you kind of thought was going to be out of the picture in the first half of the season. But here they are. They're in it. Yeah. And they've got, I think they've got Iowa. They'll take Iowa. And then they'll end up playing Minnesota as well. So At this point, they'll take Minnesota. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. They just keep eating themselves. There's like a... Um, what is it like a four-way tie, six-way tie, or something like that? I mean, there's four-way, like, Purdue, I, or I th- actually now it's Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Those are the four. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Back down. And I believe Illinois is just under Purdue. I think. They're like just outside of it. I, I believe. So. And then, I mean, the East is kind of the same. You got 
um, Sparty, Ohio State, the Wolverines, and then Penn State, and Maryland. Maryland's there, too. So, I mean, they're definitely not going to win the East. Yeah. But they're still there at the same time. Anyway, so as we mentioned, the CFP rankings came out. Okay. This week. And comparing them to the AP, they're pretty different. Extremely different, in fact. Now, in both polls, well, now in both polls, going by the Week 11 AP, the top 25 that just came out today, and last Tuesday's Week 10 CFP rankings, Pitt is number 25 on both. Okay. Then at 24 on the CFP, we have San Diego State. 24 on the AP is Louisiana. 23 on the CFP is Fresno State. 23 on the AP is Penn State. 22 on the CFP is Iowa. 22 on the AP is Coastal Carolina. 21 in the CFP is Wisconsin. 21 in the AP is NC State. Where are we at now? 20? 20 in the CFP? Is Minnesota. 20 in the AP is Wisconsin. 19 in the CFP is NC State. Nineteen in the AP is Iowa which I believe is where they were last week. Okay. Now number 18 in the CFP is Kentucky. Number 18 in the AP is Baylor. Number 17 in the CFP is Mississippi State. Number 17 in the AP is Houston. The number 16 in the CFP is Ole Miss. Number 16 in the AP is Auburn. Who Penn State beat. Right. Remember that. Yep. So the number 15 in the CFP is BYU. Number 15 in the AP is UTSA. Okay. Number 14 in the CFP is Texas A&M. Number 14 
in the AP is BYU. Number 13 in the CFP is Auburn. Mm-hmm. Number 13 in the AP is Wake Forest, who just took their first loss this weekend. Yep. Number 12 in the CFP would be Baylor. Number 12 in the AP is Ole Miss. Number 11 in the CFP is Oklahoma State. Number 11 in the AP is Texas A&M. Now for the top 10. Okay. In the AP, going from 10 to 1, we got Oklahoma State, that team up north, Sparty, Notre Dame, Ohio State at 6, Oregon, Oklahoma, Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia. Okay. At number 1. In the CFP, your top 10 is Notre Dame, Wake Forest, who at the time was undefeated. Right. Oklahoma, that team up north, Cincinnati at 6, Ohio State at 5, and then your top 4 being... Oregon, Sparty, Alabama, Georgia. Right. This is where things get different. Yeah. Yep, and things will will change. It'll be interesting to see see where where some of these teams will place after this week. Yeah. I mean, we know that Sparty's going to drop. And by how much? I don't know. Um, but Cincinnati in the AP poll for the past three weeks, I believe, yeah, have been number two. The first CFP rankings come out; they're number six. It's a shame that that just shows the CFP's complete disregard and disrespect to the group of five. Right. They told us in the first one of this year, group of five is not getting in. That's why we need a twelve-team playoff. No, I agree. Yep. Because if they're going to put them on the outside like that, um, they claim to have respect for Cincinnati. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I don't think there's – because what what can they do? Like, you look at their schedule, it's like, what what can they do to get in? They, they can't they can't jump any – I don't know how they can jump anybody unless every unless the, the, the five above them – you know, what? Lose, lose, lose some games. I mean, I guess there is the potential, but, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Ohio State lose another I mean, one. They're not, I doubt, they're not going to get in. Yeah. But somebody from the Big Ten would probably get in, I would I think. I would expect so. <laughs> Ohio State goes up to four. And Cincinnati goes up to five after Sparty. Loss. This is what you're thinking will come out Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard to tell because both teams struggled against their opponent. Or well, there's Alabama, who only won by six, and they took care of business. And 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 this is one of the points I was going to make earlier, is is how tough that November is getting. Where where you think that teams are going to roll, or you know, easily handle teams that they should. Alabama struggled against LSU and an LSU team that you know, quite frankly isn't that good? I mean, where's LSU on this, on their CFP? Exactly. Okay? And it was a 20-14 to 14 game. 20-14. to 14. 
Low scoring and very close. Yeah. Okay. But Bama took care of business, and Ohio State struggled. Ohio State won by nine points against a team known to give other team fits this season to LSU, who's beaten absolutely nobody. So, yeah. I mean, that's just... I mean, I mean that's just football, and I, I agree with Ryan Day that you just got to look at it as every week go one and zero, go one and zero every week, yep. and that and that's, it doesn't um, matter. Does it's it March Madness for football. Yeah, it really is. So I mean, uh, hold up. let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and discuss on this a little bit more. All right, we're back. So, looking at the uh, the CFP rankings, just kind of going over how things are going to start to shift around a little bit. So, yeah, with yeah. Michigan State losing, we're going to say what? Georgia stays one. Bama stays mm -hmm. two. Oregon moves up to three. Mm-hmm. Ohio State to four, mm -hmm. and Cincinnati I to five. I say that because I don't see Oklahoma yeah, I, or that team up north jumping Cincinnati or Ohio State. I mean, not with where they placed them right now and the fact that neither one of us lost. We didn't lose. They didn't exactly have extraordinary wins. No. So Oklahoma's got Bay Baylor this week. Time to go down. Keep keep an eye on that. Although Baylor lost to TCU. Did they? Yeah. They lost to TCU this weekend. Did they? Really? 28 to 30. Oh, wow. Well, how about that? Didn't I really thought that they uh they had that game. The 4 and 5 Horned wow. Frogs. Wow. There you go. See, things just, sometimes things just don't make sense. They just don't. Yeah. You, you just it's don't. It's nuts. Now, again, I, I want to talk about that Cincinnati-Tulsa game, which ended 28-20, to which I will say, at one point, the Ohio State-Tulsa Tulsa game was that, was I believe, the same 20. score. It was. and Yeah, until like, like the last few minutes last when few Ohio minutes. State was like, oh, yeah, we're Ohio State. Right. Cincinnati is not Ohio State, and you need to remember that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying – I will not tell you that Cincinnati is better than Ohio State, but just because that game was closer does not mean that Cincinnati is not worthy of the playoffs. Right. I just think that, like you said, it's March Madness for football right now, and it's because you don't know – at any given time, a team can step up and, and knock down who you think is the far superior team. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Now, going back to that CFP rankings, because that's all that can really be talked about right now. We know Georgia isn't moving. Bama mm -hmm. isn't going to move. Sparty is going to drop. Oregon will more than likely go up. I don't see them staying. Unless they're just not going to rank number three this time around, which would <laughs> right. be just weird. That yeah, would be weird. 
Ohio Ooh. State is definitely isn't going to jump over Oregon. No, no. Not with not. I mean, maybe maybe if we just absolutely tore Nebraska to smithereens. Even then, I don't think maybe. So. Oregon, Oregon took but care or- of business exactly. And Ohio State struggled. Bama took care of business, and Georgia dominated. And Cincinnati did what they had to do. So again, Sparty drops. Everyone else just moves up, really. Mm-hmm. Except maybe the Wolverines. The Wolverines might stay, and Sparty go to six. The reason I say the, that the, is because they beat the Wolverines. They've got the head-to-head. And if so, they want to use that logic, right. just like they are with Oregon and Ohio State. That would make sense. That would make sense, and I think Purdue will be ranked. If not this week, then if they come close to or beat Ohio State next weekend, they will be ranked yeah. for sure then. So there is that. Now, I want to get more into the Cincinnati thing because we all know they're a group of five, and that's what's holding them at six right now. Mm-hmm. And what could stop them from moving up? For all we know, either Sparty falls to five or the Wolverines jump up to five to keep Cincinnati at six. I mean, with the, with the results that we have in front of us right now, I don't see Michigan. They shouldn't, but this is also not with, the CFP. Not with, not with, well, I mean, who did Michigan play? Exactly. No, I meant like just this past week. No, I, I, want, I, I don't remember. Um, this past week, the team up north, the Wolverines, played... It's on here. Indiana okay. Hoosiers. Okay. Twenty nine to seven. So Yeah, so that that's nothing that's gonna say, oh, bump these guys up over, you know, a Cincinnati team who, who won their game too. Ohio State did that better, I will say that. Um So yeah, uh, th- yeah, that's nothing that's gonna catapult the Wolverines in, any higher than Than Cincinnati, so it now, looks like it, it just it looks like you you drop you drop MSU down, um, and that would make sense to the sixth spot, and then move everybody up one. Mm-hmm. I do think that you keep Michigan State above Michigan wherever you drop them. Yeah, because um, I do still think you know they do they only have the one loss, but they still have the head to head over the Wolverines. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to touch on real quick: the Hawkeyes. Barely pulled it off against the Northwestern Wildcats. 17 to 12. Yeah, Northwestern's not in, they're no they're not good. They are not good. They're better than Indiana. Barely. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they might be better than Indiana. I mean, heck, they're I mean, they're barely worse than LSU. I mean, Indiana, Northwestern. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't play, did they? No. Okay. If they did, it would be a seven ten football game, Northwestern. No, it wouldn't. It'd be three to six. <laughs> seven ten. Actually, no. They would find a way to make it two to nothing. It'd be like one safety, and it'd be because like they fumbled the ball all the way back. 
So uh, the Hawkeyes. Wow. I mean, at 7-2, and two, they're not playing like it right now. I don't know what's going on there. I think they got found out. I think they're – They got exposed. They got exposed bad. And I, I, I think that they're not getting away with these – these turnovers, these takeaways that they were in the beginning of the season, that that's that's what was keeping them in these games. They were just getting these huge stops by turning the ball over and then scoring on a short field. And now you, you stop that, they, they they have nothing. So I think that makes them seven and three now. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. Yeah, Hawkeyes and Which would mean that the Wow no. It would not. And the way Wisconsin's right. playing right yeah, now, Hawkeyes aren't. They're not going. They. I, I can't see it. That doesn't mean it won't happen. Uh, maybe something will fire up in the Hawkeyes, and they'll pull some crazy win over Wisconsin. But the way it's looking, the way Wisconsin's like just really picking up some momentum right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And here we go. This could be Ohio State and Wisconsin once again. The stars align. So. Yeah. Week two lock. Yeah. Ohio State on the outside looking in. I, I was I was thinking I was thinking another match with Minnesota, but I, that's that's not going to happen at this point. I mean, it, it doesn't mean More it than can't. Likely not. It doesn't mean it can't. I mean, um, Minnesota's four two in the conference. Purdue's four. Yes. I mean, maybe we'll see Purdue. And before I forget about it yet again, the CFP left out a few a few teams in their top twenty five rankings that the AP has had in for a while now. And these are all deserving teams, such as the one-loss Houston Cougars, yeah. an AAC team. Yeah. The UTSA Roadrunners, an- another group of five teams. Um, SMU, they left out, who was undefeated, and a group of five. And then, like I said earlier, they took Cincinnati from their AP two spot and took them down to six. Yeah. And this is what's going to happen. The college football playoff is killing group of five conferences. For example, take a look at Conference USA. Don't know what happened there? I'll tell you what happened. And it all started with Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma and Texas decided to leave the Big 12 to to go to the SEC because they think they're the big dogs. Mm. All right? That now leaves a void in the Big 12. The Big 12 is nothing now. They're barely anything at the moment. Yeah. So now what do they got to do? They got to go and recruit twice as many teams. They've recruited BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. And they've all committed. Yeah. To going to the Big 12. Okay. Okay. That now leaves a void in the AAC, mainly, I believe. I want to say one of those teams. Yeah, BYU was not from any conference. They were an independent. That now leaves a void in the AAC. The AAC needs to fill that void. What do they do? Well, they lost three teams. So now they bring in six teams, some of which coming from Conference USA and other couple i believe coming from the sun belt which the sun belt was another one mm. bringing in new teams from conference usa yeah conference usa has now been left with four teams you know why because all these teams are leaving for better conferences 
because now there are voids left from other teams wanting to move right. to better it's conferences. Just, it's having a trickle-down effect. Exactly. And why are these teams moving? Not because they're like, oh, hey, we have an invitation. Let's go join. No. They want a better shot at the playoffs. Exactly. And the committee are putting these teams in position to where it's it, it's it's just the Power Five. It's the Power Five playoff. Exactly. Pull is what it is. Exactly. And this should be the PPP. Yeah. Really? You know, Power Five playoff pool. Because that's exactly just, what it is. And it's... It, the CFP killed it's, Conference USA. It's, and it's simple. It, it, it's sad. And the way they do it, it's like you just you might as well just categorize just the Power Five teams. And these other schools can just play for normal bowl games. Because you're not ever going to give them a shot to get in. You're not putting them in a position to do so. That is actually my prediction by the year 2030 in, in college football is we'll go from two Division One subdivisions to three. We will have the one that contains of the new alliance of the Big Ten, what is it, the Pac-12 and the ACC? It's the Pac-12, right? Yeah. And then, of course, the SEC. So it'll be the alliance and the SEC, and that'll be the, the CFP, the college football playoff subdivision. Then we'll have the FBS, which will be the group of five and the Big 12 which will probably make up their own bracket. That'll probably be the 12 team something. And then there's the FT, the FCS, which has like a 16-team playoff that they have. So those will be your three subdivisions of Division One college football. FCS, the FBS, and the CFP. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like having to separate it like that, but... Yeah, the, the the one good thing from it does mean that Ohio State, their three games now, their three non-conference games, will be teams closer to their level. It'll be teams like Clemson. Well, I guess this is a bad year to use them as an example, but still. Right. Teams like Clemson, a Wake Forest, and maybe an LSU. They'd be forced to now because they're no longer those group of five teams to pull from. Or they can just have a 12-team playoff and, and give these... That would really open it up. And, and, then, and then give these Group 5 teams a, a chance to to show what they can do. I mean... The thing about the 12-team playoff is it's going to take too long to get here because of contracts already in place with ESPN. Unless ESPN is like, you know what, we understand. Let's just throw, throw the contract out the window. No, they're going to have to do something. I mean, this is this is going to get talked about constantly exactly and this and it's going to give you know it's going to have this bad look this bad image because four teams and from the get-go was never a good idea i totally agree with joel clatt when he says mm -hmm. it's not a broken system it was never good in the first place exactly it was never something that could work um not to mention this committee that we have needs to go all of it there needs to be more elements added i like i i, I almost kind of like the 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 adding you know using b the bcs uh, with the point, committee point system with a committee at the same time and i'm talking about when i say a committee i, I mean guys that that actually pay attention joel clatt is my number one pick to go oh to absolutely, a new absolutely. committee the guy yeah. knows what he's talking about i'm not saying it because he favors ohio state a lot well this guy well, he, 
because he, he, he's a smart dude and I, I mean that's not why but he he sees he sees things the way i feel that and, and, and he's, he's not afraid to, to, to set it straight right he's not i mean very few people will actually come out against colin cowherd <laughs> so glad I did yeah no one really kind of steps up to Colin, but well, I mean, yeah. So I agree with him in the fact that you know the committee needs to be it needs to be filled with people that yeah that that are that are watching these that are actually watching these games that are paying attention to what's going on. Um, I think I think it also needs to have former players that know what it's like. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and and in, in the committee can be. Could be larger than just you know and just the thirteen people. I mean, you can even expand the committee like if to they're, where if they're going to have athletic directors, they need to be from smaller schools. Like I think Jim Trussell would be a good one to have. Yeah, because Youngstown State is never going to get in there, so he's not going to show favoritism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's a, that's a problem because the only conferences represented in the. Uh, in the committee now, or the Power Five, in which the Iowa athletic director is the chair of the committee. And, heck, they have a freaking college professor. Not like in, like, you know, anything that has to deal in sports, which is a random college professor on the committee. I have no idea where they got these guys from. Exactly. They do have a so former couple it, players. It's, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of a mess. Um, but we have to deal with it, you know. I mean, it de- definitely sparks up conversations anytime you start, you know, diving into it. But here we are. Um, just real quick, just to be, I mean, just just to just to throw this out there in the NFL, uh, some goings on there. Um, the Cleveland Browns pulled an amazing victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh my goodness. This is that they they played the Browns played like the team that you expected to see since preseason. Yeah. Okay. They 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 finally showed up and and and, and here's the crazy part about it. It there's no Odell Beckham. Exactly. How is how can one person I know be on your roster? It's nuts. It is. It's and and, and cause you not to play well. And as as soon as he's gone. Or like last year, once he was injured and couldn't play, mm-hmm. when he was out, you know, you know he wasn't going to get in the game, and they played magnificent. Mm-hmm. And now he's gone. I mean, he's no longer a Brown. Yeah, he's a free agent. And now here, here they go. They go in exactly. there and they just light it. This it boggles my mind. Exactly. It's a crazy week in the NFL, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> The Dallas Cowboys lost to the Denver freaking Broncos. Yeah, and no, that's... Peyton Manning did not come back. Right. The Broncos got rid of their best player in Von Miller. Right. Anyway, the Cowboys lost 16-30. to 30. I mean, it wasn't even like a, a close loss. No, not really. And that, those, last, those 16 points were scored within the last like three minutes. Now, is Dak playing? Yeah. Okay. He played. He's Gosh, back. They the said heck? he looked rusty. Um, I know Mari Cooper and C.D. Lamb were coming off of injuries. Okay. So there's that. Wow. But you know what? It's our first loss since Tampa Bay. 
I'll take it. And another bonus, Jonathan Cooper, who plays for the Denver Broncos, former Buckeye, got his first two or three career sacks in this game. Nice. So I'll give that to him. But it gets even crazier. As we know, the Green Bay Packers were without Aaron Rodgers. So right. Jordan Love got, I believe, his first career start. Yeah. And they couldn't even score until the fourth quarter. Jordan Love is not good, but I will say, just like that Nebraska quarterback Martinez, yeah. when they came after him with the pressure, he, he stood around. He found a way to get that ball off. Okay. And he was accurate. <laughs> but... Unfortunately, the Packers lost 7-13. to just, just wasn't enough. To the Chiefs, who have not been the same since the Browns put a sm- put a whooping on them right. last year. And yet it gets crazier. Because Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. That is outstanding. But here's the funny part about it. Not one touchdown was scored in that game. Six to nine. We lost to a team that scored field goals and only field goals. Six to nine. That's a baseball score. Yeah. That's. And the Bills, I mean, if you watched anything of the Bills previous games, I mean, offensively, we're we're really well. And this is Ermeyer's first NFL win on U.S. soil. Yeah. That, so is maybe the Jags that is amazing. That is amazing. I mean, yeah. Any any given Sunday, brother. Any given um, Sunday. Like Urban said, it's like playing Alabama every freaking week. Yeah. So. That's the crazy thing. And then the Saints lose to the Falcons 27 to yeah. 25. Um, the Giants beat the Raiders, who were at one point good, 23 to 16. Hey, Ravens it's still pretty close. Raiders still they're not awful. Yeah, the Ravens beat the Vikings thirty-four to thirty-one. Um, nine to seventeen. The Dolphins pull off the win versus the Texans. Chargers twenty-seven. Eagles twenty-four. Chargers take that. And thirty-one to no. seventeen. The Cardinals beat mm. your 49ers. Which hey. That's the exact same point difference than the Cowboys game. So yeah, well, the Niners—they're just—they're poopy this year. It's sad to say. And the Titans beat the Rams twenty-eight to sixteen. Wow. Of course, they play crappy the one year I or the one week I need them to do good. Tis a shame. All right, so that's that's the NFL. Um, crazy things going on there, just like in college football. It's just it's crazy anywhere. It's you nuts. don't you don't know. Nobody's really standing out. It seems like anymore. Um, so you just you don't know, man. You just hold your breath and and pray for the best. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I'm going to do with the Buckeyes. Uh, these these scores that they keep, you know, predicting when I watch, whether it's like Letterman Row or hearing scores on uh, some of the shows I listen to on ninety seven point one The Fan. When they're, you know, they're 48 to 16s or they're 52 to 21s and stuff like that. I, I'm not I'm not listening to that. I'm, Buckeyes, it's going to be a close game, more than likely, from here on Again, out. Again, I did and not put we're out We're talking my, 35 to... My estimated score for that Nebraska game, I'll be honest, was 45 to 28. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's... that's I would have thought, thought the same thing. 
and I'm not going to make. But the I figured to be somewhat, somewhat close. I mean, that's a two, what two touchdown and a field goal difference. So I think I saw somewhere where they're already saying that a, a nine, nineteen point favorites for mm-hmm. the Buckeyes over Purdue. Purdue. I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm going thirty to twenty-four. Okay, I mean it's gonna be. Uh, that sounds like something that the score would be. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, something along the lines of I think it'll be a little higher scoring game, quite possibly. Um, I'll go as far as 38 to 28. Okay. 38-28. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be. Bad. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say as long as we don't go into overtime, it's good. Yeah. Overtime's where it starts to get ugly against a team like Purdue. Yeah. So don't even want to go there with TTUN or <laughs> Sparty. Penn so. State would have been fine. All right. Well, so here's off to another week. Um, that's it. We'll. Uh, See everybody. Uh, we we may or may not do a show um, after the college football playoffs, even if it's just a, a short one, just to talk about yeah. the rankings. So um, maybe tune in, just kind of you know, uh, keep an eye on that in case we post something out. Um, but for sure next week, and we are out. Can you feel it? Can you feel it?